Hello, and welcome to Buffy and the Art of Story Season 2. If you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you love creating stories, or just taking them apart to see how they work, you're in the right place. I am Lisa M. Lilly, author of the Awakening Supernatural Thriller series and the QC Davis Mysteries, and founder of writingasasecondcareer.com. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. In particular, I'll cover how this episode, which seems to be a very light one-off episode, in fact foreshadows so much of the rest of the season and the series as a whole. Significant themes about love versus obsession and about being who you are, as well as a central conflict that causes strong character growth for a side character, Cordelia, and the masterful way that numerous plot lines are woven together seamlessly. As always, there will be no spoilers except at the end to talk about foreshadowing, but I'll give you plenty of warning. Okay, let's dive into the Hellmouth. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James A. Contner. We start, as we should, with conflict. Xander and Buffy are in the graveyard. He shows her a silver heart necklace and asks if she thinks Cordelia will like it. Buffy doesn't quite understand what he sees in Cordelia and gives him a bit of a hard time about it. He says the only other person who interests him is unavailable and gives her a look. She more or less ignores that and tries to reassure him that yes, Cordelia will like the necklace. And we get the first of some great Xander quotes in this episode. He says, this is new territory for me. I mean, my Valentines are usually met with heartfelt restraining orders. He also says that he wishes dating were more like slaying with everything clear, no fuss, no muss. A vampire emerges from the grave, goes after Xander. Buffy has to fight it off, and she slays it. Afterwards, she tells Xander that slaying is a little more perilous than dating. He says she's obviously not dating Cordelia, and we go to the credits. This is an interesting opening conflict because we get internal conflict for Xander. I think more internal than external because while Buffy gives him a bit of a hard time about what he could possibly see in Cordelia, ultimately she is very supportive in trying to reassure him. He though is expressing um, mixed feelings because while he wants Cordelia to like the necklace, he is still making it clear that he's interested in Buffy and for the most part saying she would be his first choice. At least that's how I read it. Using ambiguous feelings could create weak conflict, but here it's very strong in the sense that this ambiguity will drive the episode and in fact it's probably key to what goes wrong with the spell later on. After the credits, we see Cordelia struggling with her own conflict. That also will play into our main plot. At 2 minutes 45 seconds in, Cordelia is walking up the steps to school and she's calling after four girls, including her friend Harmony, to wait for her. They finally turn around and Cordelia says to Harmony, why didn't you call me back last night? And they need to coordinate outfits for the dance. Cordelia then looks at another girl and says, I'm wearing red and black, so you need to switch. The girl, though, responds by asking if red and black is what Xander wants her to wear. And Cordelia says, what does he have to do with it? Harmony says, well, a girl wants to look good for her geek. And then goes on to ask when Cordelia and Xander are going to start wearing cute little matching outfits because then she's going to vomit. She leads the other girls away and Cordelia is alone looking hurt. 
This is the beginning of one of the underlying themes of this episode about popularity. Who is a leader and who is a follower? Harmony is the one of the friends of Cordelia who has spoken the most and the only one who has a name or whose name I remember, but she has definitely been subservient to Cordelia, trying to get Cordelia's approval. And now she is turning on Cordelia and becoming this leader herself, or so it seems. At 3 minutes 29 seconds in, in class, the teacher tells the students they need to turn in their papers or get an F. After the bell rings, Amy asks Willow if she and Buffy are going to the Valentine's dance. Willow looks really excited and Buffy tells her, it's okay, she can say it. And Willow says, my boyfriend's in the band. Amy smiles and says that's cool and asks Buffy if she's going. Buffy says something about Valentine's Day, it's just a gimmick to sell chocolate. Amy says, bad breakup, huh? Buffy says, believe me when I say, "Uh uh-huh. As we see so often in Buffy, we got so much exposition through conflict in these three quick scenes. Here, there isn't a huge amount of conflict, but there is some because Willow is so happy and Buffy clearly feels bad about her breakup and we get a little bit of humor, all of which gets across that something terrible happened to Buffy romantically and that Willow has a boyfriend, a new boyfriend she's really excited about. We also in the previous scene learned very quickly that Xander is not in Cordelia's social circle and that her friends look down on her for it and in the Xander scene we learned quite a bit about his feelings about Cordelia and Buffy and about his fears of rejection. All of these things as regular viewers we know But if we tuned in for the first time, we might not understand everything about these characters, but we would have a pretty good idea what's going on, who they are, what the relationships are between them. And this is all in less than four minutes. We are leading to our story spark or inciting incident that sets our main plot in motion. At the end of the class, each student is handing their paper one by one to the teacher. Amy, though, is empty-handed, but she gives the teacher this look and the teacher thanks her and mimes taking a paper. And Xander sees this. This is 4 minutes 25 seconds in. And that is often where we see the story spark at 10% into an episode, a novel, a movie. So these episodes are 42 to 44 minutes long. So this is right at that 10%. It won't become clearer until a little bit later why this is the story spark. But it does set our plot in motion because if Xander hadn't seen Amy using her witchcraft, he couldn't have gone to her about a love spell, no matter how angry he felt at Cordelia later. In the hallway, Xander tells Buffy and Willow what he saw, and they all agree that Amy's the last person who ought to use witchcraft, given what happened with her mother. So again, very quick exposition through a little bit of conflict in the sense that they're all concerned. Giles comes up and wants to talk to Buffy, but at that moment, Jenny emerges from her classroom and she says, Rupert, but he says, Miss Callender, as he did before they knew each other well and dated. She says she wants to talk to him if he has a minute. Buffy is looking down at the floor through this whole exchange, and Giles says, he doesn't have time right now. He needs to talk to Buffy about something. And Buffy says let's go. Jenny walks off and both Willow and Xander look sad for her. In the library, Buffy asks if Giles is okay. He says he'll be fine, even though he doesn't really look it, and that he's more concerned about her. In unusually vague terms, he warns Buffy about what Angel might do to her because it's Valentine's Day. He says Angel is prone to what he probably thinks of as brutal displays of affection. And Giles suggests Buffy stay off 
the streets. He'll patrol instead, and he says, better safe than sorry. After a long pause, Buffy says, it's a little late for both. Notice how we have a number of conflicts and plot lines here. We have Xander's feelings for Cordelia and fears of rejection. We have Cordelia's conflict with wanting to remain popular and included in her friend group versus being with Xander. We have Amy using witchcraft despite that it had disastrous consequences for her mother. And we have Angel posing an escalating threat to Buffy because it's Valentine's Day. And as sort of a a side note to that, Buffy's feelings about this awful breakup being um, heightened and emphasized because of Valentine's Day. All of these weave together so well throughout the episode. And now we're going to get one more. Um, It's not quite a subplot for the episode, although it is a subplot for this half of the season, which is this dynamic and conflict between Spike and Angel and Drusilla and this triangle. The scene switches to the factory. We close up on a jewelry box that opens to show a beautiful necklace inside. So as often is the case, we see the sort of um, dark relationships mirroring Buffy's relationships and friendships because Xander is giving this heart necklace to Cordelia, fearing rejection, and here Spike gives this beautiful necklace to Drusilla. She loves it, which makes Spike happy, but just as he's saying nothing but the best for her, Angel drops a bloody heart on the table in front of her and tells Drew he found it inside a quaint little shop girl. He takes a necklace and puts it around Drusilla's neck. Spike, who is still in the wheelchair, starts to say he'll get it, but Angel says done. And that Spike has to admit it's much easier when Angel takes care of Drusilla. Angel then ponders how best to send Buffy a message on Valentine's Day, and Spike suggests ripping her lungs out. Angel says it lacks poetry, and Spike says, it doesn't have to. Drusilla intervenes and says, don't worry, Spike. Angel always knows what speaks to a girl's heart. Of course, that does not make Spike feel any better. At the bronze, Willow is happily watching Oz playing in the band, and Xander is fiddling with the box with a necklace for Cordelia. She walks in looking stunning in a red dress. She goes over to say hello to Harmony and the other girls, and they just turn away from her. At Buffy's house, Buffy is watching videos with her mom and they're eating snacks. There's a knock on the door. Buffy goes to the front door, but no one's there. When she returns, Joyce is gone. But she is in the kitchen. She found a long black box with a black ribbon at the back door. Inside are a dozen red roses and a card that says, soon. We're moving toward the one-quarter twist. That is the first major plot turn that spins the story in a new direction, generally comes from outside the protagonist. And the protagonist then, um, from that point to the midpoint, reacts to that twist. This story is primarily one about Xander and Cordelia, but the roses serve as a sort of one-quarter twist in the Angel and Buffy Valentine subplot, as this pushes Buffy to get more specific information from Giles. At the bronze, Cordelia is sitting alone looking sad. Xander joins her. She says he looks good and he awkwardly says he let Buffy dress him and then amends it to that Buffy helped pick out the clothes. And Cordelia says that makes it harder. Xander doesn't know what she's talking about, but he goes into a sort of speech that lets us know that maybe despite all his comments about Cordelia he is starting to feel something more and he says kissing once or twice could all be just hormones but maybe there's something more there maybe something in him sees something special in her and vice versa and he gives her this necklace this shows Xander's vulnerability he is reaching out trying to take what they had both been treating as just uh, attraction to each other into something greater 
And in typical Joss Whedon fashion, just as Xander is taking this leap and showing this vulnerability, he is crushed because Cordelia thanks him for the necklace and says it's beautiful, seeming very genuine, giving Xander what he wanted, and then says, I want to break up. And she says she's sorry, but they just don't fit. Who are they kidding? And Xander says, you know what's a good day to break up with someone? Any day but Valentine's Day. We're now at that one-quarter twist in our main plot. It's 12 minutes, 47 seconds in. So it is slightly past the one-quarter mark in the episode, but I do see it as this whole interaction with Cordelia. Everything from here to the midpoint will be put in motion by this. At school the next day, a random guy laughs at Xander for the way he was dumped, and Harmony and her friends also laugh in his face. Xander sees Amy and pulls her aside. He says the Hellmouth is finally going to work for him and he threatens to expose her using magic to fool the teacher unless she helps him. I'm not clear exactly how Xander's going to do that since I don't think the adults in Sunnydale are ready to admit that magic exists, but I suppose he could somehow show the teacher that Amy didn't really turn in a paper and she would fail the class. He tells Amy he wants her to do a love spell, and we cut to a commercial. When we come back, Amy tells Xander love spells are the hardest ones, and it's a huge thing to make someone love you for all eternity. And Xander says, wait, wait, wait. He doesn't want Cordelia to love him so that he can be with her. He wants her to fall in love with him so he can reject her, and she can feel the pain that he's feeling. Amy says, I don't know. Intent for a love spell has to be pure. And Xander says, it is pure. Pure desire for revenge. She finally agrees and tells him she'll need something that belongs to Cordelia. So this is what I meant by Xander's ambiguity playing into and driving the plot here. Because we're told intent has to be pure. And Xander, not only does he want revenge, but I think this is fueled by that feeling of he wasn't even certain there was more there with Cordelia. And somehow that that makes it worse for him because he put himself out on this limb for someone he wasn't even sure was the right person for him, but that he was starting to have these feelings for and she nonetheless rejected him. That's my take on it. It could also be that he really does have these deep feelings, but definitely not a pure intent. In the library, Buffy gives Giles the card from Angel and says, Soon what, Giles? You never held on to me until the big bad thing in the dark became my ex-honey. And Giles says she's right. He will tell her what he has learned in his research about Angelus. We switch to the hallway and Xander asks Cordelia for the necklace back. She says she thought it was a gift, but he insists. Now we see Cordelia's true feelings and vulnerability. She pretends the necklace is in her locker, but she's actually wearing it under her shirt. So she goes to her locker, opens the door to shield herself, and takes it off. Buttons up her shirt again, gives it to him, and says um, at least now she doesn't need to pretend to like it. So this is part of what makes us like Cordelia better. And we have been building this, that she does have genuine feelings for Xander. This also sets up her having a change of heart at the end of the episode and I don't think it's any mistake that the necklace is a heart necklace. It's not just an allusion to Valentine's but it's an allusion to Cordelia's change of heart and perhaps the heart that Angel dropped on the table for Drusilla is symbolic of her heart changing and being more uh, drawn to Angel than Spike. About 17 and a half minutes in, in a dark classroom with lit candles all around, Amy calls on the goddess Diana and casts a love spell. The next day, Xander walks through the halls, kind of swaggering, and heads straight for Cordelia. She's sitting with Harmony and her friends, but she is annoyed with him and asks if he's going stalker boy on her. In the library, Giles is going through the terrible things Angel has done to torment women 
women that he loved. Buffy tells Giles he can skip the part about Angel nailing a puppy to the tree since she doesn't have a puppy. Xander walks in complaining about how awful his life is. Giles is back in the stacks researching and Buffy tells Xander she heard about him and Cordelia and it's Cordelia's loss. Then she tells him she'd really like it if the two of them could just get together that night and hang out, maybe comfort each other. Xander makes a joke about whether that comfort might include a lap dance, which he finds really comforting. And Buffy says if he plays his cards right and moves closer to him. And Xander says something like, okay, you you know you're talking to me, right, Xander? And Buffy says she was surprised how glad she felt when she heard about him and Cordelia breaking up. And maybe this is why we got that moment in phases where we have that little bit of tension between Buffy and Xander. This foreshadowed or built up that Xander might think that Buffy being interested in him might be genuine because she then says, it's funny how you can see someone every day but not really see them, you know? And they're about to kiss and Amy comes in and interrupts. Out in the hallway, she tells Xander she doesn't think this spell worked right but she is pretty new at this so they can try again. He glances through the window and the door to the library and Buffy is sending him these sultry looks and he tries to put Amy off but then she says well they don't have to cast spells they could just hang out and Amy says you know it's funny how you can see a person every day and not and Xander says not really see them. And Amy says, exactly, looking so thrilled that Xander knew what she was thinking. And another girl comes up and wants to study with Xander. He says he has to go. We're now getting to the midpoint of the episode. And here we normally see a major reversal for the protagonist or a major commitment. Xander is the protagonist here, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But first, we have this major reversal and I feel like this is a particularly interesting one because while it is part of the main plot it is primarily a reversal about relationships which really fits because it's a Valentine's Day episode. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show and would like it to continue, please post a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts or tell a friend about the show. Also, thank you in particular to patrons who help make the show go forward. You can join them for just a dollar a month and get access to bonus content, including a breakdown of Jessica Jones. I will also be recording over the next month a breakdown of a film where Nicholas Brendan, the actor who plays Xander, is one of an ensemble cast. It's called Coherence and I'm really interested to look at it because according to what I read about it, it was done without a script. The actors were given information before each scene and then it was mostly improv. So I'm really curious to see how the plot structure I normally look for and use in my own writing, whether we will still see that framework there. Coherence is a sort of quiet horror story. It takes place when a comet is coming close to the earth and what that causes to happen to this group of people, these friends meeting for a dinner party. There is a link in the show notes for Patreon. You can also search for my Patreon page, but I made it particularly challenging because I somehow threw an extra L in my name when I set it up. So you would have to look for uh, patreon.com slash Lisa M. Lily, but spelled as L-I-S-A-M is in Marie, double L-I-double-L-Y. I guess I really, really like those L's. 
Xander has gone home to get away from this chaos he created and there he hurts the last person in the world he wants to hurt because when he sits down on his bed, Willow pops out from under the covers. This is about 21 and a half minutes in, so right about that midpoint. And she comes on to him and he tries to hold her off. He says, what about Oz? She says she doesn't care. She just wants Xander. Xander tells her she cast a spell and it backfired. But Willow ignores that and continues to come closer to him and says she wants Xander to be her first and they both know that it's right. Xander says this has to stop and he runs. At school, Harmony and the other girls shun Cordelia once again and she says, okay, what did she do now? Wear red and purple together? And Harmony says Xander is wounded because of Cordelia and only a sick pup would let Xander get away no matter what her friends said. Xander is now at school again because he's going to seek help from Giles and all the girls stare at him and follow him. He tells Giles he made a mess and cast a love spell. As he is trying to explain, Jenny comes in and says she and Giles really need to talk. But she too becomes distracted by Xander, telling him what a nice shirt he's wearing, touching his shoulder, asking if he's been working out, even as she is trying to convince Giles to give her another chance. Xander nods towards Jenny and looks desperately at Giles. And Giles says, I cannot believe that you were fool enough to do something like this. Xander says, oh no, I'm twice the fool it takes to do something like this. Giles tells him people under love spells are deadly. They lose all reason. And he tells Xander not to leave the library. He'll find Amy and try to get her to reverse the spell. Xander pushes the card catalog in front of the double doors. But unfortunately, the doors swing outward. So Buffy just opens one and strolls right in around the card catalog. She is wearing a very short black raincoat, apparently with nothing on underneath it. She starts to take it off. Xander begs her not to. He's saying if he thought this was real to her, it would be different, but she has no clue what it really would mean to him. She's under a spell and they can't do this. She gets angry and says, has he been toying with her? Is it just a game? Amy comes in and yells at Buffy to get away from Xander. He belongs to her. Buffy then accuses him of two-timing her. It escalates and Buffy punches Amy. Amy then uh, does a spell calling on the goddess Hecate and says, before me let the unclean thing crawl. Buffy seems to disappear. Her raincoat drops in a heap on the ground. Very small heap. It's a small coat. This seems like our three-quarter twist. Like the one-quarter twist, the turn at the three-quarter point spins the story in yet another direction, but it grows out of the midpoint, so it isn't coming from outside the protagonist. This could seem like a major plot turn because something terrible has happened to Buffy. But as we'll see, while it adds a wrinkle in what's going on, it doesn't really turn our main story. It is, though, a great hook, and we cut to a commercial. When we return, a rat crawls out from under the raincoat. So Buffy has not uh, has not disappeared or been killed. She's been turned into a rat. Giles and Jenny return. Xander tells Amy to undo the spell, something Jenny echoes, and then adds that when she's done, she should leave because Xander belongs with her, with Jenny. Amy starts another spell against Jenny, but Xander stops her. Giles tells Jenny and Amy to sit down and be quiet and says, we have to catch the Buffy rat. It's about 30 minutes in, Xander is down on the floor looking for the rat, and Oz comes in and punches him, which hurts his hand, and says he was on the phone with Willow all night listening to Willow cry about Xander. Oz isn't sure what's going on, but he was left with a very strong urge to hit you, he says to Xander, and then helps him up. Buffy, as a rat, runs out the door, and Giles tells Xander to go home and lock himself away. He'll try to break the spell 
spell with Amy and Jenny and he asks Oz to go look for Buffy. Giles is both angry about the spell at all but mainly that Xander has put Buffy in such danger and he tells Xander to get out of his sight. Xander looks so despondent and looking down he leaves. We're now 31 and a half minutes in and in the hallway. Girls are surrounding Cordelia, beating her up. Xander sees it and he breaks in to carry her out of the school. Giles, talking to Jenny and Amy, says that Cordelia's necklace must have protected her from the spell. And Jenny and Amy argue about which one of them has the real love for Xander. And Giles yells at them and Amy says he has no idea what she's going through. And then we get this quote from Giles. He says, I know it's not love. It's an obsession. Selfish, banal obsession. Now Xander's put himself in very great danger. If you cared at all about him, you'd help me save him rather than wittering on about your feelings. While Giles is talking, Jenny disappears out the door. We now get to our three-quarter turn. It's about 32 and a half minutes in. So right about three-quarters through the episode, Cordelia and Xander run outside the school. Xander thinks that they've lost the group that was pursuing them. And then they both freeze as they see a group of girls and women waiting for Xander, including Willow with an axe. And Xander tells her she doesn't really want to hurt him. And Willow says he doesn't know how hard this is for her. She loves him so much and she'd rather see him dead than with that bitch. This is the turn that comes from um, both Xander's actions in casting the love spell, but from that reversal at the midpoint where he hurt Willow so badly. And now the shift is these women and girls, they want to kill Xander and also Cordelia. We already saw them being violent toward Cordelia. Harmony and the other girls come outside from the school and Xander and Cordelia dash away while the two groups of women and girls fight each other. The nice thing about this turn is it doesn't just shift the story but it escalates the stakes because now we are talking about mortal danger. I can't help contrasting this episode with Teacher's Pet. That was the one with the praying mantis from season one where we did spend a lot of time in Xander's point of view, but I really struggled to figure out whether Xander or Buffy was the protagonist. Here, it's much more clear. The protagonist should have a goal, be actively pursuing that goal throughout the episode, be the main viewpoint character, and have the most at stake. And in this episode, Xander is the only one actively pursuing a goal throughout the episode. First, his goal is to advance his relationship with Cordelia. And then we build on that and turn it a bit because it's to get revenge. And then it is to protect himself and Cordelia, which grew out of those first goals. Buffy, in contrast, is in reaction mode through the entire episode, reacting to um, Angel's roses, to what Giles tells her, and then to the love spell. First by coming on to Xander, now she is a rat. Cordelia initially is reacting to her friend's disapproval and then to the fallout of the love spell. So while we'll see that as a character, Cordelia is experiences the most growth she is not the protagonist Xander also is our main point of view character we see him the most often he has the most screen time and we mainly see it through his eyes though we do see quite a bit through Cordelia's eyes as well finally Xander has the most at stake yes both he and Cordelia are in danger of being killed but Xander also has extreme emotional stakes. We see how devastated he is when Giles expresses such disappointment, such anger. He can't even look at Xander. And while we haven't got a huge amount about Xander's home life, we know that it is not good. And we see in this moment how much Giles means to him and how crushed he is by Giles' disappointment. Xander also has endangered his friend 
friendship with Willow. She and he have known each other forever, and now he has devastated her. And he jeopardized Buffy. Also, he has lost Cordelia or thinks he has. Things are just awful. Everything is at stake for Xander. So he is clearly the protagonist here, unlike in Teacher's Pet. The scene switches to the school basement where the Buffy rat is going down the stairs. A few minutes later, Oz follows with a flashlight. We see the rat encounter a cat and we switch back to Cordelia and Xander running down the street. Cordelia asks what's going on and who died and made you Elvis? They see Buffy's house and Xander says he'll explain later, but they should get inside. At first, Joyce is very concerned about the situation she tells Cordelia to go upstairs and get some bandages and says Xander should sit down and tell her all about it. He sits at the kitchen table and Joyce says she'll get him something to drink. Does he prefer cold or hot? And she starts rubbing his shoulders and he drops his head on the table. Cordelia returns and again through some humor we get an advancement of the plot and more insight into Cordelia. She pulls Joyce off of Xander, pushes Joyce out the back door, slams the door, and says, and keep your mom-aged mitts off my boyfriend. Former. Such a nice example of using humor to convey emotional vulnerability here. She then asks Xander if everyone has gone insane, and he says, uh, why is it so hard for her to believe other women find him attractive? And we get uh, great quotes here. Cordelia says, the only way you could get girls to want you would be witchcraft. And Xander says, that is such a... Well, yeah, okay, good point. Joyce breaks the window in the back door to try to get back in. Cordelia and Xander run up to Buffy's room, and again, we get a nice mix of humor and escalating the plot because Xander says, we're safer up here. An angel bursts through the window, grabs Xander, and yanks him out. We have a quick scene switch to the Buffy rat in the basement as she noses around a trap. Then we are back with Xander. Angel throws him on the ground. He wants to know where Buffy is. But then he says this will work. He wanted to do something special for Buffy for Valentine's Day. As he's about to kill Xander, someone pulls Angel off and throws him aside. We think it's Buffy. Xander says Buffy. But no, it's Drusilla in Vamp Face. She too is enamored of Xander and won't let Angel harm him. And she says to Angel, that she finally found a real man. Angel says maybe he really did drive her crazy. Sometimes if we have that many different plots and subplots going in a story, it can be too much. It can end up being convoluted or jumbled. But here they mesh so nicely. Cordelia's inner conflict about wanting to be popular and external conflict with her friends thwarts Xander and leads to the very thing he fears, which is rejection. Xander then turns to Amy, who is engaging in witchcraft, which is dangerous and it backfires and this backfire in turn forces Cordelia to confront her conflicting desires and the external conflict between her and her friends and Angel's threat which I see as a subplot that is mainly there to remind us of the danger he poses also intertwines with this because we see it used for uh, humor and a bit of comic relief in Xander's story. As so often with the writers on this show, I am just amazed at how they bring together moving parts and make it look so easy and so natural. Drusilla is focused on Xander and asks how he feels about eternal life. And Xander says, we couldn't just start with coffee? A movie maybe? Looking very frightened. And we are 37 and a half minutes in. We are moving to our climax where our opposing forces will converge and our conflicts will resolve in a dramatic way. What I like about that scene 
uh, with Xander and Drusilla and Angel is that when I first watched it, I'm pretty sure I felt real concern for Xander. I wasn't too worried about the Buffy rat. We're clearly not going to kill Buffy off as a rat. But with Xander, we have seen, we saw Jesse first episode turned into a vampire and dusted. Maybe the show is going to turn Xander into a vampire. After all, Angel had this major turn. The whole season has been about you're not who I thought you were. All of these twists. It still probably seemed unlikely to me that this would happen, but there was just enough uncertainty there to enjoy the humor and yet feel concerned. Drusilla does start to bite him, but the angry mob has found Xander and they rush to him knocking him over but also shoving Drusilla aside. Cordelia runs out she pushes the girls away and drags Xander inside. The mob follows them. Drusilla tries too but an invisible barrier repels her. Angel who is over behind a tree says sorry Drew I guess you're not invited. Joyce joins the mob. Many of them have weapons now. Cordelia and Xander run into the base We're about 38 minutes in and we switch quickly to the basement of the school and Oz is saying, here Buffy, here Buffy. Then to Giles and Amy in a lab with the potion. Then we are back in the Summer's basement. Xander asks Cordelia for a nail and nails the door shut. And this is so nice because remember their first kiss was in this basement after barricading the door against the bug man or the worm man. And Cordelia says, if we die in here, I'm going to kick your ass. Xander says none of this would have happened if she hadn't broken up with him, but she's so desperate for popularity. And she fires back and says he embraced the black arts just to get girls to like him. And he tells her her hide's so thick that not even magic can penetrate it. And this changes things because she stops yelling and she touches his arm and says, you mean the spell is for me? And she's clearly touched by this. So now that we have this lovely moment, a giant knife slices through the door and they run down the stairs. They're backed into a corner and above them um, in one of those small basement windows that's high up, more people break through the window. All these quick cuts back and forth through the various scenes really helps get that feel of escalating tension and conflict and it all coming together it also is wrapping up all our different storylines because now we are back in the lab with Giles and Amy Amy is saying a spell about Hecate telling her to withdraw there's a small explosion we're back in the school basement Oz is closing in on the rat it's behind some stacked boxes and we get flashing lights and Oz says Buffy and Buffy's head pops up over the boxes. Willow, Joyce, and the other girls break through the door. Because remember, there were two spells Amy did. There was the spell about Hecate to turn Buffy into a rat, but that was after the love spell. Interesting that Giles had her reverse the Hecate spell first and save Buffy. Of course, he doesn't know how much things have escalated. He didn't see Willow with the axe or the mob, but he is the one who warned us. And I guess you can argue that getting your Slayer back would be the most important thing, even aside from the personal relationship. So in that basement, all the girls are closing in, weapons raised, back in the laboratory, Giles adds powder to the potion and says some words about Diana. We flash quickly to all the women and girls with the weapons and Xander and Cordelia cowering. And Giles drops the necklace into the potion. Lots of flashing lights in the lab and the basement. And all the women and girls suddenly stop and start to back away. Now we are in the falling action where we tie up the loose ends. The women and girls are all very confused. They don't know what's happening. In the school basement, Buffy crosses her arms over herself. We only see uh, shoulders up because she's behind the boxes. And she says, I seem to be having a slight case of nudity here. And Oz says, but you're not a rat. Call it an upside. In the basement, the other basement, Joyce asks what happened. And Cordelia says, boy, that was the best scavenger hunt ever. 
Then we cut immediately to the school hallway the next day, and Buffy says, scavenger hunt? She is walking with Xander, and she says that's the best he could do. And Xander says her mom seemed to buy it. And Buffy says, well, Joyce was so wigged at hitting on one of her friends that she's repressing. Xander says Willow is not talking to him. Buffy tells him that it was worse for Willow than anyone because Willow loved him before he did the spell. And she thinks it's going to be a while before Willow forgives him. Cordelia is walking in the hall with Harmony. They are chatting away just like they used to, talking about the pledge dance. Everything seems fine until they run into Xander. And Harmony yells at him for getting in the way and says something mean and then turns back to Cordelia to pick up their conversation. And Cordelia says, do you know what you are, Harmony? You're a sheep. Harmony says, I'm not a sheep. And Cordelia says, all Harmony ever does is what everyone else does, just so she can say she did it first. And she goes on, here I am scrambling for your approval. And she says, when I'm way cooler than you. Cordelia goes on to say she'll do whatever she wants to do. She'll wear whatever she wants. And then she says, and you know what? I'll date whoever the hell I want to date, no matter how lame he is. And she walks away with Xander arm in arm. And she says, oh God, oh God, saying, what did she do? And he tells her it's okay, just keep walking. And if it makes her feel better, whenever they're around her friends, they can fight a lot. And she says, you promise? And he says they can pretty much count on it. So this is what I mean about Cordelia having the most character growth here. Um, Buffy has been part of this kind of humorous side plot. She's learned a little more about Angel, but there's no real growth for her. Xander, I mean, he's probably learned not to cast love spells. I'm not sure that he has grown much personally, but Cordelia has had this real transformation. I think she realized some things about popularity, about who is a leader and who is not, and why but also about being who she is that her strength is being willing to say what she thinks and do what she wants and she is going to continue to do that even if her popular friends disapprove and it also says something about the strength of her feelings for Xander but I do think it is more about her internal growth. Other than spoilers, that is it for this episode. I hope you will stay around though, because while, uh, as I mentioned at the outset, this seems like such a um, almost light one-off episode, it's fun. Whenever I'm about to rewatch, I always kind of think, oh yeah, you know, that's that love spell episode. And I almost don't want to rewatch it because as I remember it, I think, oh, it's, you know, it's it doesn't go anywhere. It's kind of fluffy and we don't have a lot about Buffy in it and then I watch it and I remember how much happens there and how much we set up for what's coming next so I hope you'll stick around if you don't I hope to see you next Monday and thank you so much for listening And we are back for spoilers and foreshadowing. So much here. We have very subtle thawing of Buffy's anger towards Jenny. Or maybe not her anger, but her feelings about not being able to be around Jenny or not being able to handle Giles and Jenny together. She stares at the floor when Jenny comes out, so clearly she can't really even handle seeing Jenny. But yet afterwards, she asks, Giles how he is and she is concerned for him. We also have more strengthening of the Buffy-Giles bond because we see how concerned he is when she is in danger. He is so angry at Xander. He already thinks Xander is foolish but when Buffy becomes a rat that is when he says get out of my sight. And as I mentioned he reverses the spell about Hecate or has Amy reverse it first. We also have this advancement of Amy's storyline. Initially, she seemed
very much like just part of that one-off episode. But now we have her doing spells and this foreshadows Gingerbread next season when Joyce and the other parents will turn on their children and particularly the ones who are involved in the occult. So this puts Amy in danger along with Willow and Buffy and it foreshadows that Amy is learning spells but she hasn't perfected it. So we won't be so surprised when things go wrong, terribly wrong for her in Gingerbread or I guess in the aftermath of Gingerbread when no one can figure out how to undo her spell. It also foreshadows the problem of using spells to advance your own personal interests. And that is such a key story arc for Willow that plays out in such an interesting way in the series where initially Willow's focus is doing witchcraft to help fight the forces of evil. And that is why she learns it and pursues it. And we will see her take a first major step in this season. But we will then gradually see her start to turn to magic more and more to avoid dealing with her feelings and eventually to try to change other people with tragic consequences. And all of that is foreshadowed here when we see first Amy is using witchcraft to help her grades. No immediate consequence from that, but then we see as Xander does it for a love spell, Amy is aware of this danger and warns him. He is trying to do something to harm somebody or change somebody. Now, a love spell would be doing that regardless, even if you had pure intent. And Giles tells us how dangerous any love spell is. So that is going to set up also Giles as the one who is saying, yes, if you use magic, it has to be done responsibly. And that will become a conflict between Willow and Giles. There were a couple quick, maybe not foreshadowings, but reminders. I think both foreshadowing and reminder with whether vampires can come in. Because we see Drusilla is barred. The house literally seems to have an invisible wall against her. But Angel, who has been invited in and has been inside many times, is able to reach through the window and grab Buffy. So, or grab Xander. So we have that foreshadowing of the danger Angel poses that he can still get in. We have the hint of danger to Joyce because she's the one who goes to the back door and gets those roses. We have this what Giles tells us about brutal displays of affection that we will see play out in the next episode. We even have this side reference to nailing a puppy to a tree and next episode we will see uh, Willow's goldfish be killed. It foreshadows that that Angel will do these things to emotionally devastate people and go beyond just killing people. I don't mean just, but really take it as an art form to torment people, including through gestures like the roses that will make the person, the victim, fearful. We also have foreshadowing of Cordelia and Xander's relationship never being quite Um, solid. Though it will last for some time, there are these fissures or fault lines there and that sense of Cordelia really being more invested than Xander in the relationship. Xander's mixed feelings about Cordelia that he does want to advance the relationship yet he is saying all these negative things about her foreshadow his relationship with Anya and there too Anya through much of the series will seem more invested than Xander in the relationship and he will likewise say these critical things about her. This episode also foreshadows that Willow's deep feelings for Xander have not completely gone away and sets up some of the triangle issues in season three 
Finally, Giles' quote about it's not love, it's obsession. I don't think I noticed this on any prior watch, but it is signaling the theme of passion next week. That issue of what is passion? What does it mean? What is the difference between love and obsession? So I love that the writers work this in and that the Valentine's episode and the love spell episode brought us right into passion. So that is it for the spoilers and foreshadowing. I do hope you'll come back next week for passion next Monday night. In the meantime, if you would like to share your thoughts about the show or any questions about story structure, you can email me lisa at lisalily.com or find me on Twitter at Lisa M. Lily, no extra L in that, and look for hashtag Buffy Story. Music for this episode was composed and performed by Robert Newcastle. Buffy and the Art of Story is a Production of Spiny Woman LLC, copyright 2020.